Well, we've been going through the kings and the prophets, and I have read through the books of Kings and Chronicles, I don't know, a gazillion times. I found about a year or so ago after I'd, you know, I've read through it several times, but about a year or so ago, I just found the stories so compelling, I couldn't put the book down. I didn't know when I started that I was, you know, really going to be getting into teaching them, so it might have been more than a year ago. But anyway, I just, I find the stories compelling. I love them. But there's so many names, and it's really hard to get it all figured out. And I'm no good with that sort of thing anyway. You know, if somebody tells me, oh yeah, this is my, you know, my wife's mother on my cousin's side once removed, you'll just get the, <laughs> the blank stare. You know, I'm okay, it's your mother, it's your cousin, it's your daughter, it's your father. That's as far as I can go. Anything else, you know, I get lost. And I'm horrible with names. You know, you might have given me your name just now this morning and I've already forgotten it. I'm just bad with names. So I found that going through the Kings and the Chronicles and making these charts and stuff has been extremely helpful. And I, hopefully it's, it's been the same for you. And then in future years, when you go back to the stories, you'll say, oh yeah, I remember that. So I've got a chart for you. Now, I did not make this one. This is half of the one I gave you when we first started the series, just to catch you up on where we are. So again, we're looking through the books of Kings and Chronicles, and we started off with King Solomon, because Israel was one nation under Saul, David, and Solomon. But because of the sins of David and Solomon, God separated the kingdom. And the kingdom in the north is called in the Bible Israel, and the kingdom in the south is called Judah. They're both the Jewish nations. And together they're even called Israel. So it gets kind of confusing. But just know that the kingdom in the north is called Israel. And the kingdom in the south is called Judah. And we've been working our way through basically half their history. And last week we were talking about Jehu. And so this is where we are. We've also been talking about Elijah and Elisha and Joash. So we're kind of finishing up the first half of the chart, working our way to the second half of the chart. Today, even though we talked about Jehu last week, he's got this big chunk of history here. Today we're going to talk about Athaliah. The reign for Athaliah was only six years. And so they overlap. One more chart before we get into the story, just to make sure you, you're caught up with us. So I told you Jehu became king last week. And he was used by God to bring judgment on the previous wicked king. God wanted that king destroyed, and he wanted the king of Judah destroyed. Both kings were together. Jehu went after both of them, killed both of them. And he became the king of Israel. But the king of the south was Ahaziah, and he ended up getting killed. Then we've got Athaliah. You all know what that means? Female. Athaliah is the first female ruler of Israel. She's a queen. Ahaziah's mom. Now, if you know anything about the throne, it passes down to sons. So Athaliah had a solution to that problem so she could become queen. And I'll tell you about that in just a moment. I've got to tell you a little bit about this family, though. Athaliah was Ahaziah's mom and Jeroboam's wife. Ahaziah was evil and Jeroboam was evil. She was the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. Ahab was evil and Jezebel was evil. 
What do you think the odds are of Athaliah being evil? If you think she's evil, let me see your hands. Yeah. It doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? If you're surrounded by negative influence, there's a good chance it's going to rub off. And that's exactly what happened with Athaliah. Now, I've got a video clip that I'm going to show you in just one moment. But before I do, I've got to give you a little warning. It's a little harsh. But it depicts the power of negative influence. So forgive me for the harshness of the clip, but I think it's worth it. Let's take a look. Just know how to say depresses me, makes me very sad. And I've had to see it several more times than you have. There's a couple parts in there especially that really get to me. But I had to show it to you because it's true. It's just flat out true. That's exactly how it happens. You know, what we do, what we say rubs off on our kids. And what our parents did rubbed off on us. We have influence over our friends. We have influence over our society. And the only thing I want to send you home with this morning, by the time we wrap it all up, I don't care if you ever remember who Athaliah was again. She's not worth remembering anyway. I want you to go home and understand the power of influence. That's all. I want you to go home and maybe for the first time in your life, fully and completely understand the power of influence. So, Told you Ahab was evil, her dad. Jezebel was evil, her mom. Husband was evil. Now let's look about Athaliah from 2 Kings 11. This is what it says. As soon as King Ahaziah's mother, Athaliah, learned of her son's murder, she gave orders for all the members of the royal family to be killed. She wanted to be queen. But there were a bunch of boys in the family who could compete for the throne. So no problem. She just killed them all. Thanks, Grandma. What kind of people do these things? This is a real story. It's evil. It's horrible. Only Ahaziah's son, Joash, escaped. He was about to be killed with the others, but was rescued by his aunt, Jehoshaphat. She took him and his nurse into a bedroom in the temple and hid him from Athaliah. 
Wow. <laughs> so, Jehoshaphat takes her nephew, hides him in the temple. He lives there. He doesn't leave that temple for six years. Nobody knows he's there but the priests and, of course, Jehoshaphat who brought him there. So he's raised with the priests. How do you think the influence might be going at this point? Wow. Pretty well. The temple is his home. It's his house. He lives there for six years. And then in the seventh year, the priest, Jehoiada, he decided it's time to do something. So what he does, so the high priest Jehoiada, who's taking care of Joash, who's also known as Jehoash, the high priest says it's time. We're going to put Joash on the throne. Now, he's only seven years old. But this wicked queen has got to go. And as soon as everybody sees that the true king, the true heir is alive, they'll back us. So sure enough, they threw a coup. And they put Joash on the throne. In the seventh year of Jehu, king of Israel, Joash became king of Judah. And he reigned in Jerusalem 40 years. Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord all the years Jehoiada the priest instructed him. Athaliah, nothing but negative influence, nothing but evil. Joash, positive influence, positive behavior. Now, it's not always going to be that way. You can be the best parents and have a wicked child. It happens. And you can be horrible parents and have a, a great child. It happens. But we're dealing with the majority here, the, the rule of thumb. Here's what the Bible says. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Do not be deceived. Sometimes we think, ah, oh, they're not going to rub off on me. I, I'm, I'm grounded. I know who I am. It's all going to be okay. God just says, don't fool yourself. It's going to rub off on you. You know, I'm going to give an illustration, not because I think smoking's a sin. I don't, okay? I don't like it. But it's not like in the Bible saying something wrong. I just think it smells. And I'm, I've got a super sensitive smelling unit here. That is my superpower. I am smell man. I wish I could fly. I wish I was strong. But I can smell things. Now, my spidey senses have come into great use in times past. I have smelled fires before the fire department was called. I have smelled things in the house. I knew when our gas furnace was cracked and poisonous air was getting into our house. Things just weren't right. I smell things nobody can smell. So you imagine how I feel when I'm downwind of a cigarette. It's like kryptonite. It kills me. There are times I will not walk down the detergent aisle in the grocery store because it's, it's overwhelming. So when I get in my car... And, you know, Tucson's got great air. I'm from Southern California where you can taste the air. We've got good air here. But when I get in my car and the car in front of me is like a diesel, oh, I, really, I choke. I have to, you know, shut off my air conditioner and roll up the windows. It kills me. Cigarettes are the same. thing with diesel is as soon as I change lanes, I'm fine. But if the cigarette gets in front of me, my whole car smells like cigarette smoke. I smell like smoke the whole day long. Just being behind a car... It gets out their window into my air conditioning system. I'm just sensitive that way. Why am I telling this to you? Because it rubs off. That's what I'm trying to tell you. People would think, hey, my smoking doesn't bother anything, but it's, just, it's personal between me and me. Well, no, it's not, because it comes on to me. You know, well, what I do in the privacy of my own car is my business. Agreed. 
Just keep it in your car. Well, it, even more so, people's character will rub off on you, and it'll get on you, and it'll stay. You may not have the smell or sense to get that, but it does. I can tell if you've been around a cigarette smoker. You may not know that your friends are going to rub off on you, but God does. So he's warning you ahead of time. No secondhand sin. <laughs> Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. And this one, wise friends make you wise. So it works the other way, too. You hang out with idiots, you, it rubs off on you. You become one. Hang out with wise people, it rubs off on you. You become one. Wise friends make you wise, Proverbs 13, 20. But then it goes on to say, but you hurt yourself by going around with fools. So stop hurting yourself. Well, Joash is famous, really, for one thing. Let me read to you what the Bible says. Joash said to the priests, collect all the money that's brought in as sacred offerings to the temple of the Lord. The money collected in the census, the money received from personal vows, and the money brought voluntarily to the temple. Let every priest receive the money from one of the treasurers and let it be used to repair whatever damage is found in the temple. Jehoiada the priest took a chest, got one, So Jehoiada took a chest, bored a hole in its lid. He placed it beside the altar on the right side as one enters the temple of the Lord. The priests who guarded the entrance put into the chest all the money that was brought into the temple. When the amount had been determined, they gave the money to the men appointed to supervise the work of the temple. They met all the expenses of restoring the temple. It reminds me kind of of what we've been doing. Now, we didn't put this out front by the main door. It's not like sitting right there to the right. Of course, that's your right, not mine. But what we've been doing is we've been collecting money to restore our, our house of worship. We put in these blinds because of the money you put in for those blinds. We put up the new lights, the extra screen. We fixed the cement up front, the trip hazard. Um, put up the new sign. The floors are done in the bistro. If you haven't seen them, you've got to go over and take a look. They look amazing. Because the place, you know, it's old. It's, it's been disintegrating a little bit, and it's up to us now to fix it up again, just like Joash wanted to do with the temple. So we're kind of doing right now the exact same thing Joash was doing back then. Um, they had a list. We had a list. Our list was probably uh, smaller, you know, out of the, you know, 100 things we needed. We, we picked 10, and we figured it was a good start. Uh, we wanted to raise $40,000, and so far we're somewhere around 35. I don't know. We're real close. We're doing good. It's, it's good. This is what he's known for. He had a heart for God and for the temple of God's presence, and he wanted to repair it. But I'm also thinking, you know, he lived there. And the priests were like his brothers and his stepdad and his cousin. And that's not really a bad thing, him living there. You know, I'm, I'm sure I'm not going to embarrass you because you get up in front of people and sing all the time, but Michael Toole did something really cool this week. He probably didn't know it was cool, but I thought it was. He wanted to get away and work on some of his taxes, so he, he came to the church and wondered if he could use an office. And I was like, yeah. He said, well, I'll go hide in the back. He said, no, I'll sit right there so I can come out and bug you anytime I want. <laughs> you know, the elders, Pastor Mike, we, we make fun of him and say, Where, where's his bed? He all but lives here. 
Jose lives on the other side of town, but he's here a lot. There, people just love this place, and I just think it's awesome. Can't get enough of this place. I think it's awesome. Obviously, it's not the place. It's what the place represents. It's the sweet fellowship we have here with one another. It's the work that we're doing. It's the God that we honor. And this is the place that symbolizes that and hosts and holds all that. And I think that's how Joash felt. And it was all good. He started out well, but I don't know if you caught that. Let me read it to you again. It said, um, Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord all the years Jehoiada the priest instructed him. That's a qualifying term right there, isn't it? What about the years Jehoiada didn't instruct him? Sadly, the story continues. Here's what happened. It says, after the death of Jehoiada, the officials of Judah came and paid homage to the king, and he listened to them. I wonder if it's tied to the fact that they paid, paid homage to him. Oh, great king, wise and wonderful. Now we've got something we want you to do. And he did. And these guys weren't good. Before I tell you what he did and what happened with him, I want to tell you a story I heard just yesterday. True story. A guy from Bessar Shalom said he had a friend who's a, a believer, but she read a book about the resurrection, and it was kind of uh, debunking the resurrection. It made her question the fact that Jesus actually rose from the dead. So she's a believer, supposedly a believer, and then the resurrection thing goes, and she's like, she doesn't believe it anymore because she read a book. So he starts meeting with her week after week for a couple months and basically says, listen, everything, you can't trust everything you read. Why don't you read the Bible instead? And he begins to persuade her back to the truth. And she is no longer doubting the resurrection. But how does somebody read a book? Hey, I get it. People are persuasive. People who write books are intelligent. Not just any idiot can write a book. Well, <laughs> negative influence. Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns, we'll even find faith on the earth. The Antichrist and all his followers are going to have all sorts of influence. He said, if it wasn't for the elect, no flesh would be saved. Negative influence. But there's positive influence, too. So, I figured I'd showed you a harsh clip about negative influence. Let me show you a clip about positive influence. Let's take a look. <clears throat> what if the world is just a big disappointment? Unless... You take the things that you don't like about this world and you flip them upside down and you can start that today. That's me and that's three people and I'm going to help them. Then they do it for three other people Then they do it for three more. But it has to be something really big, something they can't do by themselves. That's a keen observation. I can help you. You're giving me a brand new Jaguar and you don't want anything? Call it generosity between two strangers. 
did you tell my son to make him bring a homeless man into my house? I've got a story, okay? Senior partner of Channing and Moss has given away new cars. Just pay it forward. Three big favors for three other people. Hello. You can't just put two people together and make them like each other. This is the one. Pay it forward. Paying it forward. It's like this idea. The movement. It's reached LA in a second. Come on. The movement? So you're like, flunk us, we don't change the world. You might just squeak by with a C. I'm not saying you should go out and see the movie, but the concept is brilliant. You know, just three people, that's all. And then ask them to do three people and three people change the world. Just pay it forward. So unfortunately, Joe Ash, he ran into some bad influence. They came to him, paid him homage, and he listened to them. They abandoned the temple of the Lord. They abandoned the temple of the Lord, the God of their fathers, and worshipped Asherah poles and idols. And because of their guilt, God's anger came upon Judah and Jerusalem. And although the Lord sent prophets to the people to bring them back to him, and though they testified against them, they would not listen. Then the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, son of Jehoiada, the priest. He stood before the people and said, This is what God says. Why do you disobey the Lord's commands? You will not prosper. Because you have forsaken the Lord, He has forsaken you. So they turned their backs on God, and God sent them prophets. And they didn't listen to the prophets. Okay, let me get this right. You were raised right... And then some bad people come and you listen to them. God himself sends his Holy Spirit into men and you won't listen to them? Why is it that we people have a tendency to be influenced? If it's good or bad, oftentimes we're more attracted to the bad. It's like we got a bad magnet in us. And it just sucks us over. I don't know what's wrong with us. And that's exactly what happened to him. So then the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada the priest. Remember him, Jehoiada, the guy who raised Joash? His son. What is this? Joash is like stepbrother? The Spirit of God comes upon him. Definitely he's going to listen to him. He stood before the people and said, This is what God says. Why do you disobey the Lord's commands? You will not prosper. Because you have forsaken the Lord, he has forsaken you. But they plotted against him. And by order of the king, they stoned him to death in the courtyard of the Lord's temple. By order of the king, Joash just commanded the murder of the man's son that saved his life. In the temple of God, where he was raised, which he just had the whole nation repair. I don't know, sin just makes us stupid. How do you explain something like this? This is just weird. King Joash did not remember the kindness Zachariah's father Jehoiada had shown him, but killed his son. Wow. My point is, remember, never underestimate the power of influence. That's why it's important who you vote for for president. That's why it's important who you vote for for city council. That's why it's important who your children's parents, uh, uh, children's parents are, who your children's teachers are. Yeah, pick their parents wisely. <laughs> Oops. 
Never underestimate the power of, influ of influence. But having said that, let me ask you a few questions. Who do you hang out with? What do you watch on television? What newspapers, books do you read? What video games do you play? What kind of music do you listen to? Never underestimate the power of influence. The book of Psalms, arguably the most famous book in the Bible, but definitely well, well known. Everybody knows the Bible has Psalms. Starts out this way, listen. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. There's a more modern version that puts it into more simple English. I kind of like it. It says this. Happy are those who reject the advice of evil people, who do not follow the example of sinners or join those who have no use for God. Instead, they find joy in obeying the law of the Lord, and they study it day and night. Let me encourage you to arrange your life around positive influence. It's in your power. The choice is yours and yours alone. There's one little thing, though, I want to say before I finish up. Um, the biggest and greatest source of positive influence is the Lord himself. That's where it starts. Maybe that's why the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I don't know. But if you haven't made a commitment to follow the Lord, 100%, I'd encourage you to do so. Start yourself off on the best of all positive influences by becoming a follower of Jesus. It's not hard to understand how to do it. It's just hard to make that decision. But almost everybody I know who's made that decision will tell you it was the best decision they ever made, including me. You have to acknowledge that you're sinful. We all are. But sin means that uh, we do things God doesn't want us to do. And sin also means that we don't do things God does want us to do. And, of course, we can't seem to change that. Sin is all three of those things, our inability to overcome the first two. We have to acknowledge that and tell God we don't like that. We want to please him. We want to follow him. Uh, tell him you believe Jesus died for your sins and rose again. Ask him to forgive you and pledge yourself to his allegiance. Say, hey, I'm going to follow you for the rest of my life. If you're willing to do that, that's what it takes to become a God follower. And I'd encourage you to do that. After church, over here in the prayer room, there'll be some people. Uh, they'd be happy to pray with you and give you some materials to help you on your new walk. They're also there to pray for you, you know, if you're sick or uh, having tr troubles with uh, work, whatever. You know, if you need prayer, these people have dedicated themselves to praying for you. And I would encourage you to seek their prayers. Um, the prayer ministry at Bethsar Shalom has re recently exploded and uh, lots of people are getting healed. And um, people are getting jobs and lives are being transformed. There is power in prayer because there is power in our God and he loves us. Amen. It's what it comes down to. So don't ever hesitate to pray. God knows what you need. He just wants you to know he knows what you need. And he wants you to look to him for it.